Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Hey, welcome back into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This is part two of the Will Smith episode. Me and Will are going to now jump into some MLB talk. Major League Baseball is coming up. What a great time of year. It's here in about a month. A lot of good teams. A lot of good teams this year. Possibly probably the big market teams will be back in the playoffs. Houston Astros were the winners last year. I know you're a big Cincinnati Reds fan. He's pretty much a Cincinnati. I think if they had a hockey team, he'd be a Cincinnati hockey fan. You said you had some topics for MLB? Yeah, so... Of course, from the last episode, you guys know I'm a huge Bengals fan. Huge Reds is fan, fan as well. Last year was a horrible year, 100 losses. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to make the playoffs this year. They're not going to. I'm not I'm not delusional fan. But I will tell you, I think this team gets a little bit more interesting. You know, we got rid of the Mike Moustakis. And some of the players, not, I'm not saying Mike Moustakis is bad. I'm just saying Mike Moustakis was older. And Mike Moustakis had his better years were behind. His contract was horrible. Contract was horrible. That was awful by the organization. Yeah, we tried to win. We made a big bad purchases. We got one bad contract now, and that's Joey Votto. And Joey is so good for that team and for the city that I'm okay with one bad contract. So when you throw a rotation out there of young guys, Nick Ladola, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, the top three, will they get rocked a couple times this year? Of course. But do they got potential to be a good three? Yeah, they do. Lodola, I think, can be a star. And Hunter Green has got the – Hunter Green reminds me of Homer Bailey, if you remember Homer Bailey. He could throw yeah. the hitter one night, but he could get rocked one night too. With that, and then you have talented players like a Jonathan India that's young, a Tyler Stevenson that's young. you got Vada who's older. But we signed Will Myers to be another clubhouse, just a, a, a veteran in a clubhouse. I think they win 70 games. Oh, yeah. Well, they finished, what, 60, was it 63 and 100 yeah. last year? I'd definitely pick them over seven games. i even pick them over the Brewers this year. I think they will finish behind the Cardinals second in that division. I, I really enjoy watching the Reds out of that out of everybody in that division. I think they're way better than the Cubs. I think they're way better than the Pirates. I think the Pirates make really bad decisions. I think they're too busy trading for pitchers instead of actual talent. They trade their talent away for pitchers. The Reds, I love Jonathan India. I was, I was excited to watch him last year. But you got to give that money to Votto at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, the guy's been around for so long. He's brought so much love to that organization. He will definitely go down as a Hall of Famer, and he'll go down as a guy who's beloved by that city forever. Yeah. It's just a le- He's a legend to that city. And so, for me, it'd be like, for a Yankees fan, it'd be like Derek Jeter. Yeah. I mean, you paid Derek Jeter a lot of money, but who cares? And yeah. that's still sure. your guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's earned it. Yeah, the best thing with the Reds right now is they did this rebuild the correct way, finally. So many years we did the patchwork rebuild that just didn't work. We got the 10th best prospect in baseball now, team 
We got Ellen Daniel Cruz. He's is the ten. The farm system's top ten. We also got the 29th, 44th, and 69th player in the uh, top 100. Now, what's funny is they're all either shortstop or third base, but usually. Most of the good athletes are shortstops, and then they move elsewhere. The Eladette Carews, he's going to come up this year in the second half of the year, and he projects as a Carlos Correa kind of player. Now, while well, I say he's going to be Carlos Correa, no, but he, he's that build that's going to be a shortstop until he's just too big to be a shortstop anymore and moves over to third base. So, and we know that. So that's why we brought in a Kevin Newman to play shortstop just until De La Cruz comes up. And then we get to experience some some growing pains, but also some talent that, you know, that is fun to watch. Even if you're losing, there's a talent that's fun to watch. Jonathan India is fun to watch. Tyler Stevenson's fun to watch. Hunter Green's fun to watch. I didn't go to a game last year. First time I didn't go to a Reds game in years. I'll be going this year to watch them. Well, the young talent's definitely the funnest thing to watch. I mean, it's great to watch in all baseball teams. But for that team specifically, I think they've grown more than the Cubs, even though the Cubs made some moves in the offseason. The Pirates, the Pirates made a little bit of moves, but I still don't think they're good enough to beat the Reds. And the Brewers, I, I don't necessarily think they got better. No. I think they might have honestly got worse. And Yelich has not played well in two years now. So for the Reds, it's kind of wide open. We only can imagine what the Cardinals are going to be, but Arenado still being there. Yeah. They still have definitely they, – they, well, they definitely got the talent to still lead that division. But the Reds, it's exciting future. They definitely have a very exciting future. Now, it'll be sad, obviously, when Votto is gone. But either way, it's going to be a fun year. I definitely think this will be his last, though. Yeah. I'm seeing this kind of his last his last ride. And what I love about Votto is he doesn't ask out. He's not saying – like, he just made a comment yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but he said that he understands why the fans are upset, and they should be upset, and they need to perform better this year. So he's actually a player that understands that like fans are paying his salary. Without fans, he's not getting paid that much money. So he understands we need to put fans in the seat. He understands he had a bad year last year. Now granted, the guy is a whole he's a walk as a whole favor. Is he gonna hit three thirty again and win another MVP? No. But is he still better than probably half the other first basements? I think he is. That's also comes with a mentality thing. His mentality of winning just that also what matters to those younger guys. Those younger guys need a veteran who has won, has won and been experienced in playoff wins and stuff like that. So for Joey Votto to put that kind of leadership on display, not only for the fans giving positivity to the fans, but to your younger guys, will help lead the Reds for the future. It'll help lead guys like Jonathan India to. Take up that leadership role. And I, to be honest, I think that's what we did with Mike Moustakis. I thought we they wanted to bring in a guy who hadn't won a World Series. Moustakis just fell off the planet Earth with his talent. Like I, I've never seen a drop that much. That the so much so that like I have a hard time blaming the Reds for it as much as you, you guys paid him so much and his like he his talent just dropped. I mean, he yeah, just he completely was, dropped off. He forgot how to play baseball. Oh, uh, it was it was so bad. I was like. My buddy, my other buddy, is a Reds fan, and he's like, I, I can't stand to watch Mike out there, a, and, and with this contract that yeah. we have him under, I mean, it's a strikeout every. It seemed like every bat he's striking out. Then you got a guy like Nixon Zell. When we drafted him, I thought he was the next superstar. You can't stay on the field. You just 
he's the most injury-prone player I can ever remember the Reds having. This is frustrating to watch kind of that stuff. I, I'm hoping again this year he breaks out, but he'll probably break his hand before he breaks out as a player. There's going to be some interesting teams this year. I mean, I'm picking the Mariners to be better this year. I'm picking the Guardians to obviously win their division this year. I've been in a mix of soiree with the Angels because you got Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I never understood why it just has not yeah. – it just don't click. And I think for me personally, I, I keep wondering why Mike Trout would want to be there after all he's done for that organization and they're still not getting him the talent and they're yeah. still not winning. But there's definitely going to be some surprises this year. I think the Orioles will be better this year. Obviously, the Boston Red Sox will be better this year. The Phillies, I think the Phillies will definitely have a chance to get back. Still like Bryce Harper. Still think he's a superstar talent. But I think they added... Um, Trey Turner. Yep, they added Trey Turner. Yeah. That was definitely definitely a big pickup for them. So, they're making moves, but they're trying to compete with the Astros. With the Astros, that deep pitching court, man. I don't, I, I don't know if anybody in baseball can compete. I mean, the Astros... They're, they're tough. That lineup, top to bottom's tough. Not only that lineup, the pitching's insane. You never, you didn't even name the team that I'm going to have as my Dark Horse World Series team. I think Canada brings home a championship this year, and the Toronto Blue Jays take it. Really? That lineup is absolutely filthy. When you talk about Vlad and Bo Bichette, when Mirafield's there now, Gavin Biggio, Matt Chapman, George Springer's going to be back healthy. They made a move to bring in Brandon Belt who is very underrated and knows how to win championships. And then they made the trade to get that Dalton Varshaw, who is a young kid that may hit 40 homers this year when he gives him time to play. The question marks the rotation. you got to have Alex Manoa, you know, our Mountaineer, still pitching well. Jose Berrios has to figure it out. And then um, the third guy was uh, Kevin Gosman. I mean, Kevin Gosman then times looks like a saw young, and then sometimes he gets just rocked. Those three figure it out, and I'm taking them to beat the New York Mets in the World Series. Picking the Mets? Picking the Mets. Wow. That, that that took me by surprise there. I didn't think you would I didn't think you'd take the Mets. Now, I mean the rotation is like 150 years old when you add up the five but when that's Scherzer and Justin Berlander, they're still two arguably the two best pitchers in baseball. Then you got a Carlos Carrasco who has you know, he's, he's got potential. I know they lost Jacob DeGrom, but Jacob DeGrom had his own issues with staying healthy. I, I think the Mets do it. I'm a big Francisco Lindor fan. Loved watching him with him when he was with the actual Indians back then before they turned to the Guardians. I, I think they do it. I just do. I think they had a great year this last year and kind of choked it away down the stretch, and I just don't see that happening again. I wouldn't go to the Mets. I mean, I know they, they signed a good uh, Justin Verlander and they made good moves in the offseason, but I just... Probably, if it was up to me, I would def- I might take the Padres. And because Juan Soto and uh, Darvish and Machado, they all played well in the playoffs last year without Tatis. Now, I'm not saying Tatis is this amazing talent, this and that, and I, I know he's the poster boy of ESPN. I understand all that. Would it be different with him on that lineup? And I think, I think, it, I think it possibly could have been. I mean, I don't know. So if you look at Tatis... When Tatis played, they were sixty-four and fifty-two. When Tatis didn't play, they were twenty-five and twenty. Yeah, twenty-five and twenty-one. Almost the same winning percentage. Also, he gets suspended, and none of his teammates came to bat for him. They actually threw him under the bus, and so didn't the coach. 
I'm not not questioning his talent. His talent is there. I'm questioning his clubhouse presence. And if it may just be better with you know Soto and Machado, if they just don't have to tease around. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, Tatis is he get? I, I think he gets all the hate from his team because of you know what he does. That motorcycle accident, the things he says, and then also being the poster boy. He's beloved by everybody, which I still try to figure out why because I always thought Mike Trout should have been the poster boy. Yeah. He's the best player in baseball. But yeah. I, for some reason, Tatis gets all this love. And think about Machado. Think about think about the moves that the Padres made. I mean, they, they made the move to get Juan Soto before Tatis got in trouble. So they clearly knew something was going on with Tatis, and they clearly knew he might be getting in trouble, or they wouldn't have made that move. Yeah, they they made, they paid a hefty price to make that move, which it benefited them in the end, you know, going to the playoffs. But where are the Padres this year? I'm thinking as a roster, as a talent, that they'd be better. Now, like you like you said, it's probably not going to be that way because of the way everybody else, the in-house presence, whether they feel about Tatis. It's just the talent looking on paper. It looks like a, a championship caliber team. I mean, I've, I've always loved Manny Machado. I think Manny Machado is a superstar. I think he's he's a top five player in baseball, in my opinion. He doesn't get the credit because he played for a Baltimore Orioles team, and then he plays first. And as much as San Diego's looked at, West Coast teams don't get the recognition as the East Coast because they play so late at night. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm not staying up till ten o'clock to watch Machado or Mike Trout play every night. And I think that holds them back for their greatness. Mike Trout's just great. I mean, he's just great, so you know it. But Machado is, too. He's not that level, but he's good. And he's a wizard with the glove. And he's probably your best, the next best bet to get 3,000 hits, if you look at number-wise. He's still so young. I think he's 30 or 31, and he's already closing in. Or he's got sixteen or 1,700 hits. He's a star. People just don't give him that credit that he is. I agree with you. I definitely agree with that, man. My dark horse for the AL. Oh, man. Oh, man. If you go back Mariners, I love that pick. That was my second thought. Was Obviously, it's probably going to be Houston. Yeah. Because we... This is not fun pick. But for this for this one, I, I honestly picked the Mariners because of the way they played Houston in the playoffs last yeah. year. Listen, that was the only team I really saw Houston have fits with. I mean, now the Houston now the Mariners didn't play great, but they were young. Rodriguez is young. So you're talking about the Cincinnati Reds of the West with yeah. Luis Castilla and Jesse. I mean, they're Parker. just they're a young they're definitely a young team, but at the end of the stretch last year they played really well. Yeah, they did. And they finally came together, and for that young roster to play as well as I thought they did against the Houston Astros at that level of competition, I was like, well, you know, there's a bright future for these guys. And they definitely could make some noise this upcoming year. Same thing I felt like with the Orioles. The Orioles didn't make the playoffs, but they had a lot of young guys, and they were making a stretch at the end of the season. They just looked great. Yeah, they're fun to watch. Now, I think the biggest mistake they did was get rid of Trey Mancini and give it yeah. to the Astros. That was an awful I, – I think they did – I believe they did that because of contract reasons, but either way, that was a young team. I, I really like seeing the young teams. I mean, that's yeah. just some of the funnest teams in baseball. Now my dark horse pick could be the Yankees, but that's not dark horse. <laughs> I, you, I could have told you were gonna pick a Yankees a mile away. I'm I'm mixed emotion about it, honestly. I, I think Stanton's got to go. Judge has paid way too much money. He has paid way too much. He kind of deserved it after this last year. 
But think about when you say Stan, think about that big three outfield in Miami at the time, Stan, Azuna, and Yelich, and how they just fell apart. Oh, yeah, all of them. All yeah. of them. Stan, I think, is more aged than Yelich was. Yelich, Yelich is... Yelich reminds me of Cody Bellinger, man. Out and out, out the Dodgers. I mean, what happened? They, this is, they, those two guys, both of them were top dogs. Yeah. I mean, they were great. And Cody got hurt. Yelich got. I think Yelich got hurt too. And they both, they both just depleted. I mean, they're both awful on their teams. I can't remember where Cody signed. I'm thinking maybe with the Cubs. But he I'm did. He signed with the Cubs. Yeah. If he figures it out, that's a steal. But he could also bat 190. I don't know. He's got to turn his career around. He started the year out good last year, yeah. and then it just went back the way it was the year before. I went to a I went to the Dodgers and Reds game two years ago. You know, I was excited to see because my girlfriend's a big Dodgers fan. She's excited to see Cody Bellinger and all of them, and it's just it's just hard to watch. I watched him all season. It was it was just rough. It was rough last year. I know people were like. Are picking the Dodgers to go? I, I'm still not picking the Dodgers to win. I think that window's closed. I personally, think they got worse. Like I think their team is worse than it was last yeah. year. Yeah, and I'm not sold on the Padres, but they're the best team in that division. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks are, are going to be a shocking team. Like, dude, they probably they don't beat those two, but they're going to be competitive this year. Their farm system was insane. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of interesting teams in baseball this year, and I'm excited for the season, man. It's okay. coming real close. 162 games on the way, so that. The great thing is about baseball, by the time you get to playoffs, it's football season, so. Yeah, well, that's what ruins baseball. Yeah, because as much as I like baseball, football's going to be king. So, I'm watching football over I'm watching the playoffs. I always said the baddest thing in baseball was the TV deals. Fox only puts on so many games in baseball during baseball season. So, that's why I think, in my opinion, baseball is a little bit less relevant because of the TV deals. Yeah, and the games are like... People are hating the new rules, and I don't like some of them. But games aren't too long. It gets a little boring to sit there and watch a pitch and then wait a whole minute, it seems like, for another pitch. Like, if you're actually at a game, it's a different experience. Yes, it's but awesome game. When, I, I agree. When you're watching on TV, man, it's like when I watched Garrett Cole pitch last year. It's like it took forever to get through yep. one inning, and I was like, man, we're going to be here all day. I mean, yep. the one thing I do love about baseball, though, is – course there's not many penalties or there's not really any of that so they let it play through it's great to watch and i enjoy the close competitive games but i think the only time i really outside unless it's a big matchup the only time i really can watch most baseball games is like starting in the seventh inning yeah because it takes so long and that's when the most interesting stuff happens when those close games are yeah you're right the games are too long i think the season is dwelling way too long i think that goes on way too long there should be no reason they there's no reason for baseball to be 80 more games than the NBA season. I, I just that, that doesn't make sense in my head. Like why would why are they going from April to October that if they did April to August or mid March. I know that I guess mid March would for TV rates with March Madness wouldn't go well, but if you started somewhere late March end of August, right right as football season getting ready to dwell in, that'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. You end it right before football starts, and then there's no break. I hate the breaks. I hate the break between sports. You know, once March Madness is over, I love the NBA playoffs. I can't stand NBA regular season. No, that's horrible because so, they don't care about that. They the don't. regular season doesn't matter. I follow the standings because I want to see who's in the playoffs and all that. But with the first day when the playoffs start, I'm watching. I love NBA playoffs. But after March Madness, I'm bored until – 
baseball starts up and then I'm only happy with baseball for a week until that shininess wears off and you're not, you're right, I'm not going to watch 162 games. I used to do that with the Reds. I bet you I watched 150 of their games a year. It was, spent way too much time watching the games. I don't do that anymore. I'll tune in in the seventh inning. I'll follow stats on my phone. Can't watch that anymore. I don't know how I used to do it. I don't know if it's just gotten slower or I've just gotten less patient. I'll tell you what baseball has done perfectly. And I think the NBA needs to invest on it. Is the playoff system. So, like, you play, like, the best of three, the best of five, and the best of seven. That is the perfect playoff scenario ever. They'd be perfect in NBA. Because I don't care what anybody says. Nobody wants to watch the number one team beat the number seven or eight team four times in a row. We don't want to watch that. You want to watch, you know, if you did the first round, you do three gate, the best of three. Best of five in the second. And then, you know, the conference finals and the finals, you do the best of seven. Yeah. That's just your best competition. That's the best way I think baseball baseball puts out a better yeah. way of the playoffs, I guess. Because, I mean, the first round, even in the playoffs for me, is just, unless it's a good matchup, it's boring. I think the, the second round beyond is great. Don't, I don't like the play-in tournament. Because the play-in tournament, tournament, I get what they're trying to do. I don't think it's fair to teams who have been the seventh and eighth seed, who worked pretty much their butt off all season, to get to that position for a team with a lesser record to get in. I, yeah. That doesn't make sense. I don't like that. I never did. I never understood why Adam Silver ever started that. Yeah, now, like right now in the West, the seventh through tenth is spread out by like a game. So that I'm okay with when that plays out like that. But you're right, if the seventh seed has got a six game, eight game, ten game lead on that tenth seed, and the 10 team wins, beats the 9 and then beats the 7, they're in, and you just ruined a great season by the 7th seed by that. So, yeah, I, I don't like that either. Even even that. It used to be, you know, you made the 7th and 8th seed, that was it. That's how it worked. I still like that system because what are we playing 82 games for if somebody that you beat, that you stayed ahead of all season long, can take your spot and you get to go home? So you worked all that time to play one or two basketball games at the end of the season to go home. Like, what are we playing 82 games for then? I mean, I get why he's doing it. He wanted more teams to stay competitive. He didn't want teams to yeah, I know. sell out their, like, trade everybody. But that's still happening. Yeah. I mean. Because the NBA has a soft cap. Yeah. They have a soft cap. It's just, that's the worst thing about it. It's a recommended salary cap. It's never stopping. Like, I'm so sick of super teams. The Kevin Durant now with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. That team's insane if they stay if they're healthy. That team, I, I've thought about a couple of the teams that can probably match up well. I thought Denver could match up well. The only bad part is their guard play is going to be weak. Memphis Grizzlies don't match up well because their height is just not going to match match up well. Boston matches up perfectly with them because Boston has guard play and Jason Tatum. He's playing like a superstar. Grant Williams, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. I mean, this it's a lineup that can match that team really well. I think the Clippers are scared now. I think if you've got a healthy quad, and when playoffs come around, he'll play. And he'll play every game when needed. Paul George is good. And I don't think Russell Westbrook's done. I think he was in a wrong situation. They And maybe he doesn't get to play the way he should play with the Clippers either. But he has shown he can play with Paul George and be successful. And Kawhi doesn't want to be the one. 
he wants to play defense. Kawhi is a great player in the fact that he is a basketball player. He'll play defense. He'll rebound the ball. And he'll score when need be. Ty Lue is the perfect coach to put that together. I think it's if Russell Westbrook can play the way he knows how to play basketball, then they're perfect. And they're going to be a hard team to compete with. The only thing I worry about is, like I said, you got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, and TJ Warren. That's a that's a that's a killer starting five. Like Kawhi and PG and Russell Westbrook have to play out of their mind. I don't care if they're three superstars. You're playing pretty much a big four. Yep. And that's the sad thing about Kevin Durant. He wanted to go to Phoenix. This dude goes. He can't win unless somebody. Yeah. Now, obviously, that big three there was an experience as much as Golden State was, but yeah. still, that's a great big three you're joining. He can't win without any. He can't yeah. win without all this talent, and it's just. I think it kills his legacy. It does. I will be rooting for the teams this year that you kind of mentioned with Denver, Memphis, Boston. Sacramento. Sacramento. Homegrown teams that are not. Yeah, Sacramento got DeMontis Sabonis. But they had to get Brent Halbert to get it. So, like, they're not just getting these great players for nothing. Uh, I'll be rooting for those teams this year. I. You know, Jim Azula now, I got a soft spot for Boston. I already kind of liked him. I've always liked Tatum. I've liked Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart is slowly growing on me. You know, as a WV fan, you kind of hate Marcus Smart, but he is growing on me over the years. So I'll be rooting for them. And then I'll probably will root. I'm a big Jokic fan. Jokic is, I felt bad for Jokic at the All-Star game. I mean, Jokic plays the game of basketball right, so right that the All-Star game won't even fun for him. He's not going to do a fancy dunk. He wants to throw pass, pass the ball. He wants to play defense, rebound the ball, and get others involved. That's just not the All-Star game. That's not a fun – the All-Star game this year was horrible. All-Star weekend as a whole is awful. So I've come up – I've talked to a couple people, and I've thought about it my own way. The perfect scenario – I think the three-point contest is still good. Yeah, still is The dunk still contest still. is terrible. You know, congratulations to Mac McClung. But a G League guy did that. Yeah. And I, I I blame the superstar players in the NBA for causing this problem. They caused a lot of this issue. They don't participate in it. They never want to participate in it. So nobody wants to ever do it. So why don't we instead just cut the NBA players out of it as a whole? What you do is, starting in July, you offer around – it don't matter if it's New York City. It don't, you offer all these cities. And pretty much they get – these scouts will all get together – in different cities, and they'll watch these, you know, the blacktops and stuff, whole competitions. Whoever they pick is the best, and then they'll you know, bring them together, bring in whatever, 64 dudes together, 32 guys, so you start cutting down people, get it about like eight dudes. Let's find eight guys around the country They can win money for this, and they get to compete in the biggest show with the biggest players, that, with the best players in the world watching yeah. you. And you get, they get to make a name for themselves. Maybe they're maybe they're trying to start a brand, or maybe they're trying to, you know, just want to show off their moves to the world. That'd be awesome. Yeah. To it, it, it would. It's the NBA giving back to the community. Yeah. Giving their love back. I mean, anything's better than what it is. I mean, all the other, the NFL got it right this year. That was fun to watch the NFL this year. I liked the um, when they're mic'd up playing flag football. That was fun. MLB's always going to be a special All Star game because they take it serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, NHL's got it right. Three on three, that's fun. NBA could even do that, three on three, and it gets more interesting if they take it serious. 
this was just, it was sad. It was sad to watch. I never enjoyed really watching the All-Star game. I know a couple years ago, this same topic came out over and over, and they, they kept talking about it for like two or three years. And then LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they took it serious, and then it really, it actually pushed the viewing because it, it looked great. And then they kind of died off of it again. So it, it all impacts the players, whether they take it seriously or not. I think personally, you need to make a reward-risk thing for these players. So there's got to be something – there's got to be some reward for these players to win this game. If yeah. you give them some reason to win this game, something that's going to motivate all of them, then it's going to be fun to watch. If they're just going out there just, you know, we're, you know hi, hi, how you doing yeah. to the fans, and then I know Jason Tatum won the MVP and he got the most points in the All-Star game ever, but he jacked up like 30, right. 30 field goals. I mean, right. I hope you get the most – I hope you get the most. I'm sorry, but – you jacked up 30 field goals. I hope you're going to get the most points. Either way, I, I want to be more competitive. Like, But back to what you were saying about you know, the younger teams. I'm excited. I like watching the Milwaukee Bucks. I like watching Giannis. I like watching Chris Middleton. I still think if Chris Middleton would have played in last year's NBA playoffs, they beat Boston. Yeah, Middleton's underrated. Like, yeah. really underrated. And Giannis took him seven games. I think if Middleton plays... They beat Boston. They're they're in against Golden State. I hate how Giannis is not as like you know you. We talk about Jokic all time. Talk about Braun. Talk about Durant. Giannis never really is in that conversation. We don't really recognize him as a champion. It's sad because the NBA community doesn't really we don't talk about him. Yeah. Don't talk about him being one of the best players in the world. He averages he averages almost thirty points a game. He averages 10 rebounds a game. I mean, the guy plays sensational basketball. Now, he doesn't play the basketball of this day and age. Right. He doesn't shoot threes, nope. but he's physical when he plays. And I think those four games in the NBA Finals when he was down 2 nothing to Phoenix, and he played some of the best basketball I'd seen him play. He had 18 free throws in, the, in a game six. Like, that was just some great basketball out of him against a team that could shoot the ball better, was defensively better than him. And then it showed you there's a man amongst there's a man amongst boys. So yeah. I mean, just I appreciate the guys who give 120 percent yeah. in a, in the NBA Finals. And that's what I agree with all that about Giannis. I mean, he's he, you're right. He he's not flashy. He'll throw some flashy dunks down, but he's just gonna drive you the hole. He was also a defensive MVP, so Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, the guy's great. And I think that's when you have a LeBron and a Giannis. They can take this All-Star game serious. LeBron was taking the All-Star game serious until he got hurt. He blocked a shot, which I don't know if you probably didn't say it, but when he blocked a shot, the guy that he blocked, I can't remember if it was Jaw. Like, they were like, thought it was crazy that he was even playing defense. Those are fun to watch. Like, I get it. LeBron's hated by many. Usually if you're hated by many, you're good. He takes every game serious. Right now, I don't think Anthony Davis wants to be there. I don't think the rumor, if it was true, that LeBron went in and said trade Anthony Davis for Kevin Durant, now Anthony Davis is all upset about it. Who wouldn't want Kevin Durant? I mean, Anthony Davis has got to be smart about this. Well, if you're looking at it from LeBron's perspective for the Lakers, he's only got maybe two years. Yeah, he's waiting for his son. That's it. He's waiting for his son. But high competitive basketball that he's playing right now, he's at best got two years. And if you think about it for Kevin Durant, you know, you got to battle your way against Jokic and John Morant and all these 
good teams in the top six, and you're in the 13th place, you get Kevin Durant, that changes. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis is fully healthy. He's the top five player in the world. Yeah. I mean, the guy, yeah. the guy is absolutely sensational, but he gets injured. And LeBron's got to sit there and worry about that all the time. Now, when they're healthy, they're a great team. And I think there is a great chance in the next 23 games, if Anthony Davis stays healthy and the rest of the roster stays healthy, they could be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They, they definitely, they definitely, because what LeBron said after the All-Star game, you know, these 23 games are the most important of my career, it means something to him. Yeah. People hate the guy, but he is an ambassador of basketball. He's the second best basketball player to ever play the game. I don't. We can argue. Oh, you really you think he's better than Michael? As a basketball player, yeah. I, Michael's cold-blooded killer. Michael was your Patrick Mahomes, cold-blooded killer. LeBron is the best all-around basketball player there ever was. If you're talking about assists and rebounds, and what statistically, yes, LeBron James would probably be the best ever. But when you're talking about, I mean, what what the accomplishments? I mean, a nine-time defensive player, nine-time All-Team defensive player. And Michael Jordan, six-time champion, who never lost. And people say, well, LeBron played the greatest team ever. Michael Jordan never played the greatest team ever. Yeah, because Michael Jordan was on the greatest team ever. He was the catapult. He had the greatest team that ever assembled with Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen. Yeah. They were the greatest team ever, and they won. Nobody could beat Michael. And the thing is that makes LeBron great but also makes him bad is when LeBron has to achieve in the biggest moment. There's been one NBA Finals he's done that, and that was in 2016. When he played with Kyrie Irving, that was the best basketball LeBron had ever played in the NBA Finals. That was real LeBron James, you know, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to be the guy that people fear. That was really his big Michael Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant moment, where it was him and his partner, and that was it. For the rest of them, it really hasn't been that way. Yes, he took a lot of bad teams to the NBA Finals. Yes, he's he's made a lot of players better, and his longevity. But then we can talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because his long yeah. his longevity was just about out there. I think it was the peak moment in the era of basketball that makes a difference. LeBron, when he started, was still in that Kobe Bryant mid physical type of basketball. You know, when Curry came in, it changed a little bit up, and now it's the NBA is so soft. It's I mean, soft. Yeah. And you touch each other. And it, it, you touch, you know, I touch you right here on the arm. It's, it's a foul. And the penalties play to the superstar's advantage. Like you think about you think about the the Boston Celtics back when Larry Bird was playing, or you think about Magic Johnson. Think about the Detroit Pistons. You know, they had the Jordan rules. That was before Phil Jackson. That was before Scotty was really great. And that was before Horace Grant was there playing great, too. It was all about Michael. And... They had rules. Five, five starters and a head coach in Chuck Daly had rules to stop one man yeah. in the most physical time of basketball. There's not much more you could say. Yes, I agree with you. I will always agree. The 10 NBA Finals, I get it. He's won four. Now, if he wins five, if he wins five, push the conversation. I definitely can start arguing that conversation. But... For now, for me, it's everything Jordan achieved in the short amount of time that he really was there. Right. But the biggest thing with Jordan, you hear every Jordan fan, 
six and zero in the NBA finals. Six and zero in the NBA finals. Yeah, that's awesome. He's six and zero in the NBA finals. Look how many times he lost in the first round. Now LeBron is doing that now. LeBron's missed in playoffs the last two years. He's lost in the first round. But before this, like down side of his career where he's older and getting new teams, he never lost in the first round. He took a Cleveland Cavaliers team that was absolutely horrible outside of him to the NBA Finals. You can't expect him to win that NBA Finals. Uh, so there's not going to be another 6-0. Steph Curry's lost in the Finals. So, I mean, I, I hate that 6-0. Like, he's clutch. He's great. He, he beat Carl Malone, John Stockton teams, hit clutch shots. I'll never doubt Michael didn't have that clutch gene. I just, I can't stand that 6-0, 6-0 finals. We'll go look at him being swept in the first round. Like, that's the stuff that, you know, it depends on what lens you look at to how you can make the case. You, you can, I can make a case for Kobe Bryant being the best ever if I wanted to. And it's sad that, you know, Kobe had to die for me to really look back on his career and appreciate it because I was, was always a Kobe hater. Couldn't stand watching Kobe. Looking back on his career... He was a great player. I mean, he he was a special player. His work ethic, more stuff I read about and listen about his work ethic and like the Olympics where the player just wanted to go party and he was in the gym working out in the morning. Like, he was special. Kobe was great, but Kobe was Michael, basically the second coming of Michael. He was. And he his game, the reason it isn't beloved as much as like LeBron and Jordan's is because he basically was Michael, but he was Michael with Shaq. Yeah, Shaq made the And big Shaq took a lot of the credit for the three titles that they won because of how big he was, because of how efficient he was in the game. He was so great, Shaq was. He took so much attention that it took it off Kobe. Kobe, when he won with Papa Saul and Ron Artest and all those guys, when he won in, 20, in 2009, 2010, people forget he, was, he went to three straight NBA Finals. He played Boston in 08. He lost. He played Dwight Howard in the Magic in 09, and he beat them. And then he played Boston and went seven games with Boston again. Like, Kobe Bryant went up against the big three. Technically, you could say a big four twice, and he won. So, Kobe is Kobe is definitely one of the greatest players ever. But if we're going to just talk about championships, and so Bill Russell is the best player ever lived. Yeah, I mean, Bill Russell won 11 titles. I mean, there's no, there's no yeah. debate anymore about that. Bill Russell is the best player ever lived. Well, you can't use Jordan's title stuff no. because yeah, you got Bill Russell sitting there. I, I never used Jordan's titles. I used what what Jordan battled through, what Jordan you know his MVPs to his to his defensive players and how how great of a defensive mind he really was. Jordan changed the game in a lot of ways. Like LeBron, LeBron's great, but LeBron's physical attribute plus the way he takes care of his body, but he never stopped. You know, he's, he's kept going, he's going, he's going back and back and back and back again. I think people hate on him too much because of the losses. Like, yes, the Dallas Mavericks won. That, that, that NBA final, yeah, he deserves all the blame in the world because yeah. he didn't take the chance to be the best player in the world. I can't blame him for – I don't ever count these NBA finals in my own opinion. I know they're in the record book. I don't count 17 and 18. Nobody's beating the Golden State Warriors with, seven, with that great of a team. Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors aren't beating them in 19 if Kevin Durant don't get hurt. I don't care what anybody says. If they had Curry and Kevin Durant, that's good enough. They're, they're winning that NBA Finals. So nobody was beating that team. In 2015, Kyrie and Kevin get hurt. I think if Kyrie and Kevin are healthy, they win that NBA Finals. Yeah. And then in 2014, D-Wade goes down. 
And it wasn't really LeBron's best series. And Kawhi kind of had his number. I mean, Kawhi had LeBron's number. Kawhi's and special. And the first time in LeBron's career that somebody really kind of had his number defensively. Right. And it had never been seen like that. And then, like you said, no seven. Nobody going to win a night seven. I mean, we all knew. Everybody knew San Antonio was going to win. They had Tony Parker, man, and Ginobili, and Tim Duncan, who is the most underrated oh. power forward, who's the most underrated greatest power forward who ever lived. I mean, yeah. like Tim Duncan was never the guy that was – box office, like, you know, talk and big name. He was just going out there and playing his game. That's how... So no one talks about how great that run was in 07 that LeBron had. They just talk about it as his first finals loss. Yeah. He shouldn't have been in that finals. That team was not a finals team. He played, yeah, he played the Pistons and put on a a, a great performance. And then I think he... Don't don't mistake me if I'm wrong because I don't know. Didn't he also play Boston? Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember, but I knew for a fact he played the Detroit Pistons in that time because Detroit just won a couple years back. They beat Kobe a couple years back. So that was a – he played a great performance. Like, you could see the amount of talent level between those two teams. There's no business LeBron should have won that game. No. There's no business he should have won the series. Who did they have? Il Boskis was their second best player. Uh, Villanueva, I think. They had Villanueva. They had Eric Snow. None of these guys are big-name guys. And it it didn't have a whole – I don't know – that was the year that they had a uh, Shaq. I can't no, remember. It was not Shaq's year. Okay, it was either oh, it was. I think it was either oh seven, oh eight, or oh nine. One, between one of those three years, they had Shaq. But yeah, that, that roster for that oh seven team was not great. I mean, that was the worst roster LeBron had ever been on. Yeah, hands down, top to bottom, that was the worst roster, and he took him to the NBA Finals. Now, there's a good reason he lost, but either way, man, it was good talking to you yeah, guys, having you on here. It's definitely a great episode. Maybe we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, appreciate it. This was fun. Uh, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, thanks for tuning in to TCAM Sports Podcast. We'll see you guys later.